Hello from ABA Tech Show 2017 in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Lawrence Coletti. I'm Judy Perry Martinez. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. back and I've uh, I've got Judy Perry Martinez joining us on the last day of ABA Tech Show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, having had a full few days at ABA Tech Show that where I really learned a lot. I am very tired, but I think my voice is the most tired. <laughs> That's right, mine as well. So you just got back from a presentation that you were uh, presenting at, but that's not what we're talking about, but I just wanted to ask how it went. It was terrific. It was a panel of six women who really talked about the future of legal services from their individual perspectives. And it was, I think, great audience interaction. We had lots of questions from the floor. Who, who joined you on the uh, panel presentation? Uh, Sarah Glassmeyer, who's one of the staff persons at the ABA Center for Innovation. Adriana Linares was on the panel. Uh, and several other people, Debbie Foster, who's going to be the chair of Tech Show next year. Um, and so it was a great group of individuals. That's excellent. And, uh, you know, I heard something uh, during one of our interviews uh, yesterday, I think. Uh, this is the first tech show where the majority of presenters are women. Right. And some of the women on my panel, for instance, Mary Vandernack is a longtime tech show presenter. And to see that she has stayed with it for all these years and is still adding value and bringing audiences to a place where they're learning more and more is just been a terrific experience for tech show, I think. Great, great. So we're here to talk about the, the ABA Center for Innovation, which is in Chicago. And uh, before we do that, uh, Judy, I would like to learn a little bit more about your background because I think that will help kind of put the, the center into focus for our listeners. So why don't we start with your bio? So I had the pleasure of uh, chairing the ABA Presidential Commission on the Future of Legal Services for the last two plus years. And uh, as a result of that experience, we came up with a final report that was rendered last August. During that time, um, I was spending a year in residence as a fellow at the Advanced Leadership Initiative at Harvard. Uh, before that, I was the uh, Chief Compliance Officer for Northrop Grumman Corporation, and earlier at Northrop Grumman, I had managed litigation for the western half of the country. And I was at Northrop for 12 years, and prior to that time, I was a commercial litigator at the New Orleans law firm of Simone Perrigine Smith and Redfern for 21 years. So just this past week, I joined Simone Perrigine Smith and Redfern once again. Um, they are a wonderful group of individuals who are tremendously supportive of bar work as well as pro bono and public service work and have done that when I was there throughout the years. And I'm rejoining them with a major focus on my public service work and the projects that I want to see happen in order to create greater access to justice. Well, that's great. So I'm hearing a lot of innovations there. Yes, yes. It's been a real journey for me. I was not in any sense would I have considered myself a, a futurist Lawrence or somebody who really understand the real opportunities that await us with regard to innovation when we embrace it. Um, but I've learned so much from the terrific individuals, both lawyers and non-lawyers, technologists and design uh, engineers and others um, who have been at the table from the very start of the Commission on the Future of Legal Services that the ABA created under the leadership of William Hubbard. Okay, well, fantastic. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the ABA Center for Innovation. Now, I understand, and you mentioned President Hubbard uh, uh, briefly there. And so I think, let's start with that. Let's start with the history of the center. So the Commission on the Future of Legal Services rendered a major report 
um, after having listened and learned from an awful lot of individuals, both lawyers and non-lawyers alike. You may recall that in May of 2015, we hosted a major conference on innovation at Stanford, um, and we went on and had public hearings and issued a tremendous amount of white papers on varying subjects that we thought were necessary for the profession to look at in order to create greater access to justice. Um, as a result of that report, we rendered findings as well as recommendations. And one of the recommendations was that the ABA create and establish a center for innovation. Um, and what that is is really a safe place, a place where individuals can come together and collaborate and think innovatively, not just about technology, but technology is certainly a critical part of the mission, but really thinking about innovating processes and procedures and thinking differently about how we can close the justice gap and what we can do to make legal services and the delivery of legal services more efficient, more effective, while all along making sure that we're bringing forth the best of what the profession has to offer. Um, I'm very delighted to say that the ABA Board of Governors not only approved the creation of the center last August, but they also funded uh, the center. And um, critically important to, I think, the center's future is that at the helm of the center is uh, the chair, and the chair is Andy Perlman, Dean Andy Perlman of Suffolk Law School, who served as the vice chair of the commission um, and was a terrific vice chair to have on the Commission for Future of Legal Services. Now, does that mean that Andy's in town here in Chicago? No, but he is working with a, a tremendous staff that we've put together. We've already staffed up to what we need, we believe, right now. Um, Janet Jackson is the director of the Center uh, for Innovation, and we've brought on some individuals who have just wide-ranging talent and depth of experience. Uh, Jeff Burkhardt, who has a real rooted sense of experience in the criminal justice arena and is an innovator in and of himself. Uh, Sarah Glassmeyer, who uh, in training is a law librarian. Uh, you may know that she was a legal rebel. Um, she is just a terrific mind and has a great perspective about how to do things differently. And Lenita Thomas, a, a person who's very important into making sure that everything's running smoothly at the center. Janet brings a great depth of knowledge. She was formerly head of the ABA president's office. So she really understand how the, how the, understands how the ABA works and um, how to make sure that we're bringing all the resources of the ABA that can collaborate with us on projects for the center. So that's the full-time staff? Yes. Okay, so that, that's, the, that's the permanent placement right there. That's a foundation. And so now, before we began our interview right now, uh, we were talking a little bit about the fellowship program. So these are people that are coming into the organization. And uh, so how does that program work? And what does the fellowship, uh, I guess, what are the fellows that come in, what do they, what do they hope to achieve? So the concept behind the center is to create this space where individuals can come and learn and grow and also that the center will help them accelerate the ideas they have or the projects that they want to bring forth. And then those individuals will in essence go back to their communities at the local or state level and become the go-to people for innovation in their local bars and in the wider communities which they serve. Um, we want to create a community of fellows. So what we're doing is that we're, we have next-gen fellows who are law students or law graduates from zero to five years out. And those next-gen fellows will spend a full year in residence in Chicago 
um, and that they will be here working full-time as fellows at the center. They'll be exposed to a boot camp, an intense boot camp, that will really help them ramp up on what they need to know. Um, we're bringing in some great resources from both the profession and outside of the profession to design that boot camp. People like Margaret Hagen at Stanford and Dennis Weil, who's the new dean at IIT School of Design, are critical players in making sure that that boot camp is designed well and will benefit the, the fellows who come in. And then the fellows will work on their individual projects. Uh, throughout the entire year, and we have so many opportunities for them to collaborate and to really get to have the legal skills and the other skills they need in order to go back and do, do good in their communities. The second group of fellows are the innovation fellows, and those are fellows who are already what we'd consider to be mid-career. They're already out in practice in either a law firm or a bar association or a government or a nonprofit setting, and they're going to come to Chicago for 60 to 90 days, and they're going to spend the same kind of quality time collaborating and innovating and accelerating the project that they want to do. Right now, uh, we've just uh, finished uh, the review of the applications that were filed, the dozens and dozens of applications that were filed uh, for the Next Gen Fellows. We'll be announcing them pretty soon. Um, and we'll also we finished the review of the Innovation Fellows for the first round that the center will sponsor. We're delighted that in addition to the center-sponsored Next Gen and Innovation Fellows, we also have three law schools, American University Law School, Northwestern, Law School and Suffolk Law School, who will also sponsor Next Gen Fellows in this first round. And just a few weeks ago, we announced that the first bar association is going to have a fellow, North Carolina, uh, is going to have a, a innovation fellow. And last week, we announced that Microsoft is actually going to sponsor a fellow. And the Microsoft fellow will be, um, that application process has just opened this past week. And that fellow will spend a year at Microsoft headquarters working on the project that Microsoft is contributing to for the Legal Services Corporation portal. Oh, fantastic. So question so now i've got we've got next gen fellows those are the the law the law students from recent grads and then you have the elevate uh, innovation fellows the the people that are mid-career so my guess is there's some common elements even between the two uh, types of fellow what what qualities are you looking for when you're trying to bring someone into your program we want people who are eager to learn we want people who have great ideas and most importantly we want people who care about access to justice who are energized to take all of their experience their their skills and their knowledge to do what we need to do in order to close the justice gap we also want people who are willing to uh, if you will take risks to fail uh, we consider the center to be a safe place a safe hub where they can throw out ideas and work together we want individuals who want to share their knowledge um, and make sure that they are contributing to the work of the other fellows that will be present um, and I think also we want people who understand that any individual lawyer or other person who becomes a fellow, because it doesn't have to be a lawyer, um, we want those individuals to understand and, and really be committed to going back into their communities and making sure that this isn't just their experience, that this becomes an innovation experience for everyone that they touch and everyone that they can reach out to and bring in to the conversations that need to be had in order to make sure that access happens for all. So I'm hearing a few things there. So I'm hearing the ideal fellow will share, care, and dare. 
Very good. We didn't say it that way, Lawrence. So that's a great way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so I have uh, two two questions uh, left for you today, and uh, the the first one is uh, regarding some of these projects. And now, so you know, we we tour around the country, and we go to the different conventions, and we'll talk to different bar associations. And the justice gap is a problem that everybody around the country is concerned with. So in regards to that, what type of projects are your fellows going to be working on? So let me give you a sense of some of the projects that the center has already is in the process of launching or already launched, and that will give you a sense of what we see as the way to make a difference. Um, on Monday of this coming week, the center is sponsoring a hate crimes hackathon in Boston, and we're bringing together a group of individuals to work hard and mightily on creating an app that'll help people understand if in fact they've been the subject of a hate crime and how they can collect data and evidence of what's happened to them. Um, in Louisiana, and you know Louisiana well, Lawrence. I do. Um, in last August, we had just tremendous flooding in the Baton Rouge area. Um, with one phone call, we were able to get the forces and the creativity of uh, Margaret Hagern at Stanford and her design team harnessed, and we created something called Floodproof. It's an app on a smartphone that helps individuals in Louisiana go through what they need in terms of documents and gather the information they need in order to prove title to property. Because a lot of people in Louisiana live in their mother's home or their grandfather's home and don't go through the process of what in other states is called a probate and Louisiana is called a succession. And guess what? If you don't hold title to your property, you can't get FEMA funds, you can't get state recovery funds, and you can't get small business loan funds. So now we have a way that these individuals who have lost their homes, who are fighting to make sure they're holding on to their jobs or are struggling with different daycare hours, don't have to visit a lawyer you know, six and seven times to get the work done. They can upload all of that data, potentially find out if they're, they're uh, eligible for free legal services through the uh, Southeast Louisiana Legal Services Group. And if not, even get to go to a lawyer referral uh, service at the Baton Rouge and New Orleans Bar, or even use their own lawyer if they want to, and um, make sure that they get title to their property cleared in order that they can get the disaster relief funds that they're entitled to. So that's two examples. We're also working on some other terrific ones. Um, I should tell you that the, the collaboration that's going on is wonderful. The Hate Crimes um, app is being sponsored by Cisco Systems, for instance, to help us get that work done. Excellent. One last question for you. So if our listeners, they have questions about the ABA Center for Innovation or maybe even some questions about pro bono work, how can they reach you? Well, I think the best way to reach not only me, but the center itself, um, which has a host of resources available, is to go to the center website. You can just, uh, you know, Google ABA Center for Innovation. Um, it has a just wealth of resources that are available. We have such knowledgeable staff. Uh, we have a terrific advisory and governing council made up of lawyers and computer scientists and individuals who care as much as you and I sitting here care about access to justice. So I encourage all of you to do that as well as to look at the final report of the commission, which is available online if you just put in Futures Commission final report. Excellent. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode, but I want to thank our guest, Judy Perry Martinez, for joining us today. Thank you, Lawrence. It's a pleasure. And also want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. And if you like what you heard today, please rate us in iTunes. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. Excellent. That was fun. Sorry about my flubs. Oh, <laughs> you're tired. You're tired. You're tired. You do this so much, I'm sure. Yeah. There's 99% perfect. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. 
The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank <laughs> you.